You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show. All right. This morning, we're going to be getting into talking about marriage, and we're talking about fighting for your marriage and fighting fair and all of that good stuff about fighting. The reason why you need to stay tuned is because we're going to be very blunt. I think that's my my talent <laughs> is keeping it real. And when I talk about relationship advice, I talk about it in a way that I feel is going to best help that person and serve that person. Because I know what it's like to be a young wife looking online, looking at articles, looking at magazines, trying to figure out what do I need to do to save my marriage? What do I need to do to fix things? And I know that a lot of young women are going to be listening today. And so as a special treat, I brought my husband along. Hello. And he's going to be chiming in and giving some of his good advice and we're going to try to stay as serious as possible <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> we like to have fun so get your pens and, and papers ready especially if you are a young wife mom or you are intending to be one make sure that you're paying attention all right so today we're going to talk about fighting fair and fighting for your marriage. Mm. Now, we all fight, okay? So if you have a marriage that is absence of fighting, then you don't have a real marriage, okay? Right. I'm going to say things the way that they are, and, and I'm not going to try to be politically correct because I feel like it's because of those things that we aren't being real with people about what, what really happens in marriage. And I feel like when we're not honest about what really happens in marriage, we do a disservice to young married people. And then we wonder why the divorce rate is what it is. But we're not educating the young people on what they should realistically expect when it comes to marriage. So, you know, I, I don't like to sugarcoat marriage. Because if you do that, then the people who are not qualified to be in it will get in it and then jump out of it because they feel like, oh, something must be wrong with my marriage. No, it's about the character of the person and what's most important to you. So we're going to give you a few points on fighting fair and just um, just some wisdom lessons and wisdom that we've learned over the years. And I'm thinking about making this a series so we can come back and talk about it more. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. So 
we all fight. Again, we all fight. But the key is to learning how to fight the right way, the healthy way. Now, some of you may not know this. I used to be a therapist, and I used to be a marriage counselor as well. Uh, somebody asked, um, somebody says, uh, the same amount as your insecurity. Give me a little bit more information on what you're saying. I wanna, I'll, I'll touch back with you. But we're going to talk about how to fight in a more constructive way, but also how to fight for your marriage. Now, some of you, you're not used to fighting for your relationship because, you know, maybe you don't have serious relationships. When you have a serious relationship, when you have a marriage on the line, you want to fight for it. Some people don't know what to do. They never, they've never been in that situation before. So what do you do to fight to save your marriage? Um, so let's just start rolling, and then we'll just go back and forth. Okay. The first thing you have to do when you're fighting fair is you have to understand who you're talking to. Who are you talking to? Because that will adjust your expectations, right? Mm-hmm. You have to understand how your spouse is limited, okay? The way that you communicate with them may only be doing damage and hurting them and frustrating them, even though you're being sincere. And I like to tell people that just because you're being sincere, it doesn't mean that you're right. Right. And this is something that I've had to battle with because I am not, you know, the most tactful person, especially when I'm annoyed. Now, to give you some backstory, me and my husband met in 2006. We got married very quickly. And I believe because of that, we are a testimony because we show that regardless of whether somebody married quickly or not, um, God can still be involved and God can still be put first. Mm-hmm. And even though we've had so many ups and downs, every which way that you can imagine married people hurt each other, that's what we've done. So let's just put that on the table first. Been there, done that. So uh, this is why I'm able to speak to you on experience. I remember I, I posted or I commented on something on TikTok. It was a a young lady who was flexing about being married. And I keep seeing that online. I keep seeing young women flexing about being married. Like marriage is the ultimate flex. Okay, if that's your level, that's your level. If Mm -hmm. that's where you are Mm -hmm. and marriage is the, the epitome of success to you, then that's where you are. Okay, there was a point I was there too fine but i was remarking that you know you got to think beyond that marriage is not a flex you know it's not a flex you got to think bigger than that because the best thing and the greatest thing in your life can't be the fact that you're married because you're going to be sadly disappointed if you just wait on it just in a few a few years you will be reevaluating everything about yourself if that's what you, what is your end all be all, right? right? Right, because you're putting you're somewhat putting your value into something else or another person. 
Yeah. You know, and so you're pretty much setting yourself up to be disappointed. Um, I feel like, well, marriage in itself is is pretty much romanticized. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, we make that decision uh, typically in the midst of romantic feelings, in the midst of, you know, oh, I'm so in love. You know what I'm saying? So The feeling. The feeling. So that's when, you know, well, we should get married. You know what I'm saying? I love this person so much. I'm so in love. But what most don't realize is that that feeling fluctuates. That feeling doesn't last. It's not something that's permanent. And so yes. I think you touched on it before. Like whenever things start to kind of get shaky, which they do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you start to question your decision. You start to question your spouse. You start to, to question you know, is this the right thing? Do I, am I with the right person? Maybe I made a, a mistake and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and that's all because you went into it. You made a, um, let's say, a permanent decision oh, based rash. off of, yeah, based off of, you know, temporary feelings, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, whether you rush into marriage or not, you're going to still face the same issues. Yeah. Whether you're old or young, you're still going to say, uh, face the same issues because there's just things that are common to marriage, regardless of how old you are. So let's just throw that out the window. The old, well, we're older, so we will face less. Wrong. That is wrong. Okay. No, 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 no. Maybe you'll be a little bit more mature and a little bit more settled, but you will still go through the same things that are in the nature of marriage, period. Yeah, because you're you're coexisting with another person, with another yes. personality, another spirit, another belief. You know, you know, somebody that was raised differently by someone else, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So you're naturally going to have differences. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's guaranteed to happen mm-hmm. so how old were we that's the question so when we got married uh fix your mic because i want them to be able to see your face point oh. it down like that like, like right? uh, mm-hmm, just bend it right there um i was 20 he was 19 i was a baby he w- his mama was still picking out his clothes when we got married we don't have to go there it wasn't by choice and um i actually had been married before that i was 17 when i got married surprise i was 17 when i got married i had my first child when i was 18 years old that marriage ended in divorce because of abuse it didn't it didn't end because we were too young It, it ended because of something that was out of my control. And then I went and hurried up and married this guy. And at that point of my life, I was very, very low. I was, I was broken, which is the worst time to choose a mate or be in a relationship at all. But, of course, I was young. Okay? This is even more of a testimony. I'm saying all of this because not only were we young, but we were... He was inexperienced. I was broken. I had two kids, okay? He never even lived on his own. We both, wait, I didn't even have a job. He had a part-time job at FedEx. We're black. (laughs) 
literally the statistics said there's no way you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. There's no way. And there was many times where we felt like we weren't making it. There was times that we broke up and we were, there was two times that we broke up in our marriage and we were separated and some of our friends didn't even know. I had told my friend Cheryl about it um, like, you know, months ago and she she had no idea that we were separated for for like two years once. She had no idea because I kept it to myself. So we're not talking to you and, and I want to preface everything I'm about to say with this. We're not talking to you as the people who have had the perfect marriage. And we're not talking to you as the people who have never been through anything. Mm-hmm. We are 16 years into this. 16 years into this. We grew up together. Okay? So when I say the things that I'm saying, I'm not saying it as a first-year wife or a five-year wife like a lot of these young women are doing on online. And I'm still a young woman, but because I had to grow up quickly, I, my experience level is, is at a different level. Mm-hmm. I have an 18-year-old now, right? So even though I'm only 36 years old, I have an 18-year-old. I've been married 16 years. And if you want to count the other marriage, I've been married 20, 20 years or, or almost 20 no, years. 20, yeah. yeah, almost 20 years. So I'm talking to you from a long history of the ups and downs, okay? Mm-hmm. And stop going to other young wives about marriage advice. They don't have anything to say. They can give you advice based that you know they can comfort you in that moment but if when you talk about knowing the truth in the core of yourself they don't know because they haven't gone through the rough patches and the rough years and they haven't they don't know what it takes to survive that and to have a, a marriage completely broken down that where it looks like there's no way no point of return they don't know so stop going to younger wives because they're not going to give you the advice that you need. Okay. I said know who you're talking to. That's number one. Make sure that you understand your partner's situation, where they're coming from. My husband, he was young when we got married. When we argued, um, we didn't get anywhere most of the time because he didn't have the communication skills, right? So... When you're dealing with your spouse, you have to be aware of their triggers. What are their limitations? How much can I expect from this person? Sometimes you're expecting this much, and your spouse doesn't have it within them to, to give you what you're expecting. And then you keep getting let down because your expectations are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they're right, and I'm not saying that you know it's, it's something that can be overlooked. I'm just saying acknowledge where that person is right now. Or you can be doing more damage. Number two, acknowledge the tension. Don't pretend that you're not angry. That's going to get you nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, It's passive aggressive. This is basic stuff. Acknowledge the tension. One of the things that really, really makes people feel demoralized and invalidated is ignoring them and acting like the problem isn't a problem because it's not a problem for you. If it's a problem for your spouse, it's a problem in your marriage, period. Mm -hmm. If they have a problem, 
you have a problem. Y'all have a problem because they're the other half. Right. You're doing life with them. So you cannot sit up there and invalidate them and say it's not a problem because it's not bothering you. That's unempathetic, first of all. You're not being considerate. The, the next thing is you have to get rid of your pride. When you're truly in love, pride goes out of the window. That's what old folks are going to tell you. You will not always feel in love. That's just the truth. There are times that your spouse is not going to feel like they love you, like they want mm-hmm. you, like they want to roll over and see your ugly face every day. Yep. But when you're truly, truly in love and your, your uh, love is grounded in the Lord and also grounded in true love, then you can get rid of your pride. Okay. Yeah, you know, love is is I mean, we've said it before. Love is is a choice, and one of those choices is choosing to let go of your pride because mm-hmm. pride is a relationship killer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you have two people that just want to be right or don't want to uh, compromise or doesn't don't want to hear the other person, then all you're going to do. All you're doing is decaying your relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's easier to say outside of the situation. Once you're in it and you're in the heat of, 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 of battle or whatever, uh, it's, it's hard to take a step back and look at the big picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and realize that it's not you against that person. Or it's not them against you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all have an issue that you both have to be on the same side and attack that issue together. And part of that is, hey, let me step outside of myself, step outside of my feelings, outside of my pride, mm-hmm. and see what the issue really is. Mm-hmm. Even if it means me being wrong. Mm-hmm. See, that's what a lot of people are, are afraid of. They're uncomfortable being wrong. Yeah. You know, they're un- uncomfortable uh, with... with Because the, that makes them the bad guy. Yeah, they're uncomfortable being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that I had to learn, and it took me a long time to really understand, is that, you know, sometimes you're, you're the bad guy. Sometimes. That's right. Sometimes you're on the wrong side of things. Yes. You, you know? will not always be the victim or the uh, right person in the marriage. If you if you find yourself always the victim, then something's wrong. You're missing something. Yes. You know. That's right. And and not just uh, with, with small stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. We like to kind of just um we admit to the small things mm-hmm. you know what i mean but the the bigger stuff you know what was the other person's fault you know what i'm saying the small more digestible stuff. that's another level right there the small more digestible stuff yeah i forgot to take out the trash you know stuff like that you know those are things that you know we'll admit to but bigger things oh i'm, I'm not there for you emotionally or 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 whatever that issue may be um we don't really want to to face that, yeah, because that's that's a bigger issue for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. Uh, the next thing you want to do, number four, is to forgive. It does not make them right. Is forgiving. I forgave my ex husband, even though he was abusive towards me. I forgave him. You don't have to live with somebody that you forgive. But if, if, you know, it's not a toxic situation, you have to understand that forgiving is about you acknowledging that that person isn't perfect, neither are you, and you have to pick your battles and learn how to move on from a situation. It's about maturity, okay? Number five is recognizing their weakness and being cautious about it. 
mm-hmm. right? You know what the person's triggers are. You know, you learn their patterns and you learn to tread lightly. It's not about uh, walking on eggshells, but we know what's below the belt. Right. Everybody should know what's below the belt for their spouse. You know those insecurities. And when you are, when you are hitting below the belt, then you're acting like an enemy. Right. Okay. Right. And that, that is a sign that you have some passive aggressiveness and you probably need therapy if you're hitting below the belt. Okay. Because everybody, everybody says hurtful things when they fight. Mm-hmm. But when you go for the juggler on your spouse, then that means you're broken somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you need mm-hmm. to fix that. Um, number six, learn to walk away at the point of dishonor. Learn to walk away at the point of dishonor. And what that means is once you've gotten to the point of where you're calling each other a name or being down, you know, degrading to, toward each other, then walk away. And with the intention, the intention to come back and settle it. But see, when you keep going back and forth past the point of uh, disrespect, then you definitely will end up in a place where you don't want to be. And I'll also say, um, allow that person. If, if you're not the one that's walking away, then allow that person to walk <laughs> away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing. We kind of, if we're feeling something, we want that other person to feel it. If we're feeling a hurt, that goes along with, you know, hitting below the belt and whatnot. If we're, if we're angry, we want that person to be angry. If we're in the heat of something, we want yes. them to be right there with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And depending on who you're, who, who you're dealing with, you got to understand that some people need some time to, to walk away, cool off, adjust, you know what I'm saying, think about what's going on. And then, like she said, with the intention to to come back, you know, right. once cooler heads have prevailed. But if you're going at it, going at it, going at it, and then, you know, someone's trying to walk away, you're trying to keep them from leaving and stuff like that, then you're in a uh, a place where things can escalate even An beyond. unhealthy An territory. unhealthy, exactly. Yeah, it's unhealthy. Okay. Um, number seven, stop thinking of ways to hurt them. Okay. Stop thinking of nasty ways to hurt them. This also goes to passive aggressiveness. There's nobody that can hurt you worse than your spouse because they know exactly where you're vulnerable at. And so if you are thinking of ways to hurt your spouse for revenge purposes, then this is a point where, you know, your pride is taken over and now you really need to evaluate what you're doing in this relationship. Terrence says, Symbolically reigns show an everlasting love for one another. What is the speaking or speaking to outsiders respectfully? Okay, so basically he's saying that rings are are representative of everlasting love. That's right. That is true. Okay, number eight, give them space. Give them the space to process and to digest. Not everybody communicates the same. And so when it comes to that, um, if somebody needs more space to process what is happening, which that's how my spouse is, Mm -hmm. you know, I can just spitfire, go back and forth, back and forth, and and just, you know, until we get to a resolution. He's not like that. He has to take what I said, digest it, then 
come back after he has thought about it and has the words to say. But sometimes in the heat of the moment, you feel disrespected. Like, why are you walking away from me? Or or why are you invalidating what I'm saying? Or Mm -hmm. whatever. You have to allow people the space that they need. Uh, Number nine is apologize for anything you've done wrong. Again, that doesn't mean that you agree with them, and it doesn't mean that they're right. You're apologizing for your contribution to the drama. That's all you're doing. You're saying your part. And if you have a problem with apologizing for the part that you've done wrong, that you know you've done wrong, then you have an immaturity issue. You have an ego issue. You have a place that you are hurt. You need a. You have a place where you need to feel superior. You have a place where you need to be the victim, and that does not fly mm-hmm. in a healthy marriage. I remember I was looking at uh, some show, and this lady said, "I apologize to you, and I never apologize." That is not a flex. That sounds really bad. That sounds like you are really immature if you cannot apologize. Uh, Self awareness is a flex. Yeah. Having the awareness to, to Yes, you self know, awareness is the flex, that's right. Yeah, to to step outside of yourself and say, you know what, as mad as I might be and as uh right as I might feel, you know, I'm human and, and, and I err. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So let me step back and see where I may have been done wrong. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know. And this is how we resolve a lot of our issues is we have long conversations about what was said, what was wrong, um, how we feel, and all of that. And and we just discuss it going back and forth. I mean, I will admit that sometimes it start off, <laughs> starts off heated. Sometimes it starts off just as a conversation that gets heated and then it calms down. And that's typically how our arguments go whenever it's like it needs to be an argument. Um, and sometimes there needs to be a confrontation, and confrontation is not wrong, innately wrong. And, and that's the main issue. People, listen, as long as you're being respectful, that confrontation is sometimes necessary. There is many times that we've had an argument where I said afterwards, I'm so glad we did that because now I was able to let go of all of that stuff and I couldn't let it go or get it out until we confronted it right Mm -hmm. and we actually come back better and stronger because we had a fight a fight that was needed right Um, and because we are busy in life we don't always have the time to correct everything as soon as it happened and what happens when you do that it just builds and builds and builds until there's a clash but that clash is sometimes good as long as you're staying respectful of one another. Um, discern whether the reward is worth the battle. This is, again, about being mature and picking your battles. Not everything is worth nitpicking about. And sometimes, I'll say this, sometimes it's a matter of you overcoming an issue that you have that you are just a little bit too rigid. Do you get what I mean? There's a lot of people that are single because of their rigidness. They Mm want to be married, but any little thing they can't get over. Like they get the ick or they get really bothered by something that shouldn't bother them that much. And it's a sign that they need therapy. It's something that happened to them that 
made them have this reaction. But they're just like, oh, he did this. Oh, she said that. And that, that turned me off. And you're walking away from a potentially good relationship because you're too rigid. Right. You're being a Karen about, you know, relationships. Um, sometimes, number 11 is let them have the last word. Just say, okay. Not in a pseudo-listening way. Pseudo-listening isn't good. It's, it's, it's pseudo-listening is when you say, okay, just to shut them up. But no, when you say, okay, got it. Nothing else to be said because I know I'm wrong. I know you're right. And I'm just going to let you have the last word. That can save a lot of confrontation. Yeah. Just right off the bat. Like, you know what? I ain't even going to fight you on that. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just it's very simple. You know, we, we'll be surprised at how many confrontations we, we can Completely eliminate. Avoid. avoid yeah. Mm-hmm. Just by saying, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. My fault. You know. Yeah. Now, one of the issues that I have uh, in all transparency is when we have an argument and if he tries to come back into my space when I didn't invite him in, this is number 12, let them invite you back in. Sometimes after you have it out, and even if you fought fair, this person needs some time to release the anger. And scientifically, if you look it up, you'll find that when we do get angry as humans, we actually need to take time to let go and let it diffuse. Yeah. So maybe they're not ready to hurry up and kiss and make up. Just let them have a have a day or have a half a day just to like let calm yeah. down and then allow them to come back. Those emotions and everything, even even after you resolve it, those emotions are still kind of lingering. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's just in the other person, you know. And so you got to recognize that, you know. Maybe now is not the right time to go back to cuddling up and being buddy buddy or whatever. Just give them some time, even though you may be over it. They may need some time to cool off and come back down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you know. Again, I I had to kind of get better at. Yeah. Because you know, I'm like, you know, what's what's wrong with you? We, we're good. <laughs> we're <laughs> Why good are you still now. mad? And then we're mad all over again. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way, actually. I'm the same way. Like once I get over something, I'm like, okay, we over it, and like, we nah, ain't over it nah, yet. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're gonna give you a few keys now. Just um, just some general keys. We have a lot of topics that we could go over tons and. Uh, we may do that again if, if people like, you know, having him on and, and us talking about relationships. But one of the things you have to remember is that sometimes love can blind you and make you overlook red flags. And Facts. we're talking about fighting fair, but we're, we're making the assumption that you are with a logical and loving person. Mm-hmm. If you're not with a logical or loving person, some of this stuff does not apply. Like, you shouldn't even be trying to fix that. You shouldn't be trying to fix that. You cannot try to fix something with somebody who is mentally unstable and broken. You can't try to fix a marriage with a person who is abusing you. So let's just say that, okay? Mm. Randy, you have something on that? Well, yeah, you know, you can't fix another person. You know, that person has to be uh, willing and able to recognize issues within themselves. And if we're talking about major issues, then that's mm-hmm. not your job. 
That's oh, not yeah. going to get fixed with you putting a ring on your finger and saying, calling yourself, you know, his wife or, or her <laughs> husband. You and know you I mean? can't fix it, honey. You can't fix you that. You cannot fix it. You, know? you cannot fix it. You don't have the tools to fix it. And um, it's not something that, that you're equipped to do. Uh, marry your equal is the next thing. Marry your equal. Now, when I say marry your equal, for all the people who say, oh, well, I make six figures and he doesn't and we're just fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your equal in terms of core values mm-hmm. and future plans. These plans may change. People change their mind, but at least start off knowing that you guys align. And the third thing is intellectually, because sometimes if you're not aligned in terms of, let's say, let's say you are the six-figure earner. Let's say you're a lawyer, a female lawyer, and let's say he's um, a labor worker, right? Fine, whatever, but. Can you have an intellectual conversation? Can you talk to them? Because over time, I don't care how nice of a guy they are, over time it will bother you a little bit, not a little bit, a lot, if that person cannot intellectually feed you or give you that that back and forth, that, that conversation. Women, we love good conversation. Especially the more we read and the more we learn, we love good conversation. And so if the guy that you're with, you can't even talk to him about intellectual things, that starts to wear on you, okay? If, if you're missing something from your core, if, if you're misaligned in your core, you know, yeah. if that person is not providing, you know, uh, Matching you to your core, you're going to go looking for it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's only a natural it's thing true. because you need to have that. You will, whatever that is. You eventually. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it's you're kind of setting yourself up from the beginning if you don't recognize that you if rather you guys are matched uh, to your core. Again, we're not talking about super superficial things. We're talking yeah. about who you are to your core. Right. You know. You know, if you're the type of person that's, let's say, you're. Uh, an achiever you are a reader you are a doer you're action taker if they're more of the laid back type that may not be the best match even though it will seem like it initially because there's a balance there and there is a balance there but there has to be some meeting in between right you can't be completely opposites and try to make it work because that puts your marriage uh, in danger that makes you vulnerable because that other person these other people in your circle that you try to be around because we love groups mm-hmm. you try to get around those circles and now you are surrounded by the opposite sex and they're all into the things you're into and then now you're looking at your spouse like i can't even talk to them about this I, they don't even think on this level and then you start to devalue the other things that they bring to the table because they don't hold the same uh, interest that you do on a on a major level, like your major in interest. Right. And sometimes that can become a big problem. Right. And and also in religions, if that person is a different religion, the opposite, or they go against each other, that's a guaranteed fight, guaranteed. So you have to seriously consider these things because. 
you know, where a person, all the things that you, all the things that you let slide in the beginning will be the things that irritate you the most. That's what's going to be left. Yeah. You know, you, you just said it. Things that you let slide because of your feelings in the beginning. Yeah. Once those things start your to, feelings it's going to start going like start this. Start to wane. Then. Know, all yeah. of those core issues are going to start coming up. And you, yeah. You know, and you end up in these types of situations. And then that's the thing that you're fighting about, actually. You're not fighting about surface-level stuff. You're actually fighting about differences at the core. You know how um, they say that pain is an indicator that something is wrong? Pain is not the actual problem. Pain is the alarm Mm -hmm. that something is wrong. When you get acne, the different places that you break out on your face can actually tell you what's going on with your body. And so those things, those rashes, those outbreaks on the surface of your skin are telling you about an internal major problem that you're having. When you have those surface-level arguments with your spouse, you're actually having a deep core disagreement. You are not aligned in certain in a certain way. And now the evidence of that is you're arguing over something that seems stupid, but really it's, it's a deep core issue, a character difference. Um, Uh, let's see. Remember that love is an expression to somebody else. It's not something that you just go into the relationship taking. Like I said, we got married really young, and I was very broken. I needed a lot. In many ways, he was like therapy for me, right? That's not the way that you go about it. But There was times that I was relying on him for my happiness, Mm -hmm. and that is a bad position to put your spouse in. They are never supposed to be the source of your happiness, and you rely on them for your happiness because that's how marriages fall apart, okay? So when you think about marriage or love being an expression of your love to that person, you get out of your head and you start looking from their point of view. And, you know, it's ideally that person is in the same mindset as Mm -hmm. you. But you have to understand, we are imperfect. And not only are we imperfect, we change our minds. We go through phases. And we go through issues and ups and downs in our own personal life. There's many times in a marriage, over a long-lasting marriage, that... He'll be chasing you, and you're not going to be feeling him, and you'll be chasing him, and he's not going to be feeling you. And there'll just be years that y'all just not lining up. Mm -hmm. And and it seems like y'all can't get on the same page. And that is normal. That's what I want to say. That is normal of marriage. Stop thinking that something's wrong with your marriage because it doesn't look like somebody's Instagram marriage. Oh, we never fight. Okay, okay, okay. You're either lying or you're lying to yourself. Right. Okay? People who are married, they have ups and downs. It is normal that your spouse changes. They're, they're, and that's one of the points that I wanted to make. Um, you will always love someone, but they will not always be the person you love. Mm. They will not be that person that you married. 
okay? The key is to marry somebody who aligns with you at the core, at the core. Because even when y'all go through those ups and downs, if at the core you are aligned, then those things you'll be able to weather them. You see that? But if you're not aligned in the core and you're not asking each other those very important questions you need to ask before you get married to see if you are aligned, you got the ring, but now you've aligned yourself with the wrong person, girlfriend. A lot of times that happens because we have the feelings before we have the conversation. And so, you know, we we, we don't fell in love before we ever asked the question. Exactly. And so now you're afraid to ask the question. Yeah. Now you're afraid of what the answer might be. And so you avoid that. That's a whole thing. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole thing. You know, I tell people this. Whenever I, whenever I had been raised in church my whole life, my whole life, even when I was a baby, I was going to church. But, and I read the Bible ever since I was a child, over and over and over again. And uh, by the time I was 17, I realized that I wanted to have an exclusive relationship with God and leave all my sinful ways behind. And um, at that point, I was ready to, I was getting married to my spouse. And it was at that point in my life I was learning that you're supposed to go to God about things like that. And I tell people that I never asked God if I should marry him because I knew what the answer would be. And I wanted my man, Mm -hmm. quite frankly. I wanted my man. And I figured that as long as I wasn't living in sin, God would be happy if I pretty much just got married. It didn't matter who it was. And this is my 17-year-old mind. It didn't matter because at least I was, you know, I, I was in holiness, okay? So at least I was not living in sin, then I was pleasing the Lord. But I knew the answer would be no, okay? The second time I went to God, the second time I asked all the questions from, from jump, I wasn't trying to waste anybody's time. I wasn't, I was not about to let anybody else waste my time. So this fear that a lot of women have, they don't want to scare the guy off because they're afraid if they ask too many questions and blah, 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 blah. He can't even love you if you're not being the authentic you. And if you're not being the authentic you now in the beginning, in the beginning of the marriage, then over time, once he really gets to know who you really are, then you're going to start to fall apart because both of y'all's masks is going to fall fall off. You're going to find out who you really are. And you're going to be like, I didn't marry this person. This is not the person that I knew you to be. Well. Yeah, you know, I always like to say that, you know, the more time you spend with the wrong person is the less time you have with the right one. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us, you know, that's the dangerous part about being so in love with love <laughs> is because you jump on that feeling and you ride it, mm-hmm. you know, and you end up settling for a cheeseburger when you could have had a steak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So my biggest thing is not being in love with the feeling, not being yeah. in love with marriage, not being in love with anything that isn't right for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that should be the most important thing for you as far as a relationship goes is having, if you decide to be in a relationship, first of all, 
is is asking the right questions and not uh letting your expectations uh guide you yeah you know what i'm saying not letting your wants and desires guide you no let the real guide you mm-hmm. you're gonna have to reevaluate over and over and over again you know you know how people renew their vows you're gonna have to mentally renew, renew your vows over and over again at some point points in your marriage you're gonna have to remind yourself of why you fell in love with this person and um you're going to have to find a way to choose to love them even when they're unlovable. And I don't care how great they are. I don't care about how Bible-centered they are. Okay, nobody is Jesus Jr., and you will not be Jesus Jr. most of the time. And so they're going to have to keep choosing you, and you're going to have to keep choosing them. Right. Okay. Um, and that's the realistic. Especially, let's be real, especially in, in the world. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't get married and go live in a bubble. You know, we, we're out here. We're in the world. We go to work. We go to the grocery store. We go. We have different experiences. We still having crushes on people. You know, you don't, you don't, that doesn't stop because it's, it's a human, you know, reaction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's just be real. So you have to make a conscious decision. Yeah. To, you know. Stick to your vows, you know, and and stick with the person that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. And I hate when I see all of these gurus making these these uh, rigid proclamations about marriage, and and if they love you, then this will stay the same. This will stay the same. This 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 is nothing stays the same in marriage. Period. Not the way you think. Not the way you view them. Not the way you view yourself. Not the things you want for your future. Everything changes in a marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. You've changed. You're not the person. Well, yeah, that's exactly what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to grow and evolve. Some people grow and evolve into somebody that is not better, but they're bitter, or they change it. You know, they they change for the worse. I think okay? I think one thing that um, we have to realize and understand is that. Your your spouse is mm-hmm. is an, is an individual. Yeah, your spouse is an individual. Your wife has yes. has her own experiences that have nothing to do with you. A your husband that has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't. Um, you have to. You just have to remember that, and and you can't just in uh, have everything. What am I trying to say? Just together. Yeah, you know, and and, and no, I don't know. We're we're joined together and everything like that, but you're still an individual. You're still, you know, who you are. I st- I'm still who I am, mm-hmm. and that's a part of growing. And I'm going to grow in different ways. I'm going to have different experiences, you know, that's going to shape me. It's going to mold me. Some for no, from some for better, some for worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same thing for you. You have things that you've gone through that you go through. Yes, you know that shape you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's my job as a husband to help to to try and understand that, and not just. You know, be expect you to be who who I expect you to be. Right. You know what I mean. And and um, you know, one thing I heard from an old Christian couple a long time ago, um, and I learned this. Yes, Terrence said you still need your space. Um, I learned this for myself. Uh, some people can love you. From phase to phase, 
Like you can change over and over and over again, and they can adapt to the new you. And that's what true love is about. And I'm not talking about adapting to the new them, and now the new them is an alcoholic and they're abusive and they lie and cheat and steal. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about as a person is going glory to glory and they're becoming better and they are changing but they are changing in the good way that their their perspective is changing. And you learn how to adapt to that instead of being staunch in your ways and saying, yeah. uh, letting them go off. And then I'm telling you, there's so many people that have gotten divorced simply because, simply because they feel like they have risen to a certain level that their spouse does not want to rise to. So they just let them go. Because they're tired of trying to pull them up and bring them along. They're just like, we're not aligned anymore. I want something more in life. And they just want to keep doing the same thing and stay the same. And people get divorced for those reasons. And I'm not going to, I can't speak on whether it's right or wrong. But I'm going to tell you that it's great when you have someone who can adapt to all your different personality changes. And I want to do this this year. And I want to do this that year. And and as you, as you are yielded to where life is taking you, they're going along for the ride, and they are your biggest supporter. Mm-hmm. That is what you need. You need somebody to support you. Now, can you make it beyond your spouse not supporting you? Yes, you can. And I want to say that because some people are watching that are saying, well, you're saying this because you have a, a spouse that supported you, and they believe in what you're doing. Um, it wasn't like that all the time. There was times where this man sitting across from me did not agree with what I was doing, what nope. I was thinking, where I was going, the business ideas I was having, the creativity, I was, dreams, visions. He was not feeling it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I would cry about it. And I would feel hurt and broken and feel like I need to have his approval or I can't do it. And there was many ways that I I was paralyzed without his approval. But that was at a time a reflection of his inability to feel confident within his own self. And so once he got past that, he learned how to support me. And we now are each other's biggest supporters because we grew beyond those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm saying... Don't be so quick to throw your marriage away simply because of things like that. You might think that's a big thing, but actually marriage can survive that. Marriage can survive uh, them not supporting you. It can survive an affair. It can survive the in-laws. It can survive anything you want it to survive, okay? And there are times, like I said, there was times that we were broke up broke up like divorcing broke up okay so um and even in that even those times we had apart was good for us because it made us learn how to appreciate each other Mm -hmm. going out there and seeing what's out here (laughs) crazy seeing what's out here and and, and we started to really appreciate each other then And so that's what I mean. Um, All of that stuff helped to build a long, strong marriage. And if you and people want to talk about, let me say this: 
If people want to talk about, well, why aren't our marriages the way that our grandparents used to be? I'll tell you a few things. <laughs> Number one, they weren't as educated as we were. They didn't have the mental help and support or clarity that we do. They didn't have as many options as we do now, okay? What you were looking at was limited people. Hey there. And um, then also sometimes our grandmothers didn't know their worth, and they felt limited, and they could not leave. Had they had the opportunity, they may have, okay? Um, but then, yes, uh, yes, indeed. And so those are the things you, you have to understand. But then you also have to understand, you didn't see your grandparents' whole relationship. You don't know if Papa was kicked out for five years and then came back. Oh, you Do, know you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that? To be honest. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's something. I thought my grandparents had the perfect marriage, boo-boo. Perfect marriage, okay? And then I found out. Uh, I heard stories where my grandmother had to go, literally go up in the the bar of the club and drag my grandpa out of it, okay? Because he had a problem, an alcohol problem back then, and she wasn't having it. And he cl- got cl- himself cleaned up and sober. And so you don't know what those people have gone through, okay? You don't know if he was having a, an affair with Miss Jenkins next next door and your grandmother forgave it. But that that's that's kind of the, the scary, the dangerous thing about it is because we we a lot of us that grew up seeing what we felt like was good, great relationships. Or perfect. We based our expectation on that. Yes. Alexa says they had no mental health back then. That's absolutely mm-hmm. right. And let me tell you something. Um I don't I don't play that with my kids. I don't give them the appearance of a perfect marriage. They know, okay? They know. <laughs> they've seen it all. But they've seen what we've allowed them to see on their level based on their age and their comprehension, but we have kept it real. And one thing about it is we teach our kids about marriage. This is what's missing in the home. They're not teaching their kids how to serve their spouse, how to be there for them, how to communicate, how to love, how to forgive, how to, how to argue fair, you know, the, the expectations that are going to be on them. We teach our kids that. We're mentoring our kids for that because we want them to have successful, long, happy marriages if that's what they choose. Mm-hmm. And we're also not telling them that they have to get married because even the Bible says that the that marriage is not good for everybody. Some p- people need to focus on their relationship with the Lord. Okay? So we are letting our children be yielded to whatever God is leading them to in their life, but we're preparing them just in case they want to be married, mm-hmm. okay? And and so, and children need that. And I think we do a great disservice to our kids when we don't, when we act like our marriages are perfect and we never have an argument in front of the kids. We say, oh, no, don't let the kids see you argue. Why not if you're fighting fair? Let them see how you work through an issue. Let them see that you were mad at each other the night before, and now in the morning you're kissing and hugging. Let them see the They need to see that. Or else once they get married, they're going to be going through the toughest time of their life, and they're not going to come to you because they're embarrassed because they're like, my parents' marriage wasn't like this. What's wrong with mine? What's wrong with me? 
right? And so you have to prepare them for those things. Now, anyway, we are we've run out of time. So, yes, indeed, Miss Alexis, thank you guys for hanging on. This podcast will be available later on tonight if you came in late. And uh, thank you, my husband, for coming in and being a guest star. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, we, we will probably come back, guys. We will do this again. And I'll have the video uploaded to premiere later on uh, next month. I, you know what? I'll just do it on Valentine's Day. Because guess what? Valentine's Day uh, when is our anniversary on the, on the 18th? 18th? Yeah, it's just a few days before our our um, anniversary, and um, so yeah, so we're gonna make it premiere then. But thank you guys for hanging on, and we'll see you next time on Labo's Lessons. Bye.